Welcome to the Coppreneur Path Podcast. Welcome to the show that is all about the path from cop to coppreneur. I'm your host, Adam Wills. With this podcast, I'm going to help equip you for your own post-law enforcement entrepreneurial journey with lessons learned from my experience growing a successful post-Leo business. You'll also get to hear from fellow coppreneurs and experts in business and marketing whose advice will give you an edge against the competition. You are in the right place. So let's get after it. Welcome back to the Coppernewer Path Podcast for another awesome episode today. I'm here with Mikolai Bedore from Closers Media and the awesome live podcast that's all about sales, coffee and closers. So today we're going to talk a little bit about sales. It's uh, something that we all have to endure and in some cases suffer through as, as copreneurs. And so, uh, Mikolai, it's good to have you on the show. Hey, honored to be here. Uh, I love I love the mission and the vision behind uh, what you're doing. So it's an honor to be on, on the show. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about Closers Media, what, what it's all about. How did you how did you end up starting off Closers Media? What do you guys do? Yeah, I'd love to. So Closers Media is a resource for conversion to close sales techniques. Conversion to close meaning marketing, as you know. Um, The job is to build awareness. And um, then after that, it's it's up to the seller uh, or the founder or whoever. Um, I think entrepreneurs... Entrepreneurs is a fancy French word for for salesperson because if you're a founder an entrepreneur you have to get out there and sell your vision and mission and and so on. But um, we focus on that handoff from marketing where someone's aware to say you know I think I'd be interested to uh, you know turning them in, into those conversations into happy paying uh, customers. So um, we have a, a system that we've developed, but and that, that to be honest the system was developed at a, another company that we. Uh, that I that I run called BBG, um, and what that does is helps companies grow revenue to then be acquired. Um, so we have some broker friends, buyer friends that love to give our our folks life changing money <laughs> in exchange for their uh, well oiled <laughs> machine. But um, Coffee and Closers has an interesting story because I don't know how many companies have started from a podcast. Closed Media was launched because of a podcast we were doing BBG prior. You know what I just told you we did, and uh, the podcast was for us to help the folks that we could not serve just due to bandwidth. Um, we had a lot of startup founders and folks in the co-working space that we used to office out of that would come to me and say, "Hey, man, um, I know that you're the sales guy around here. Can can you help me?" And then I would. And I, at the time, I spent 15 years prior to this, uh, more like 12, 12 years prior to this, a big ticket uh, tech sales for like IBM, Oracle, Verizon, and I did pretty well there. And um, what I was known for was taking underperforming territories and turning them into profit centers, which is exactly what a startup is really, you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. so it applied. And at the time I was working at I- IBM and I'd been doing this job for 12 years at the time. And I, you know, I kind of get rhythmic patterns down, right? Like you do something like that long, it kind of muscle memory. So I had some free time to, to help these guys and coach them. And it became so overwhelming, uh, the hours that I was spending that it was cutting into my work and that became a problem. So uh, Susie, my old assistant, uh, said, hey, why don't we start a thing where people come to you instead of you going, driving to them and having coffee, which they're not paying you for. (laughs) And so we started this podcast. Or Actually, no, we started this conversation. We just booked a room at at, uh, the co-working space we were at. We just said, hey, we're going to talk about some sales stuff. There was no strategy, no business plan, nothing. I said, yeah, all the people that I'm, I'm helping, all you entrepreneurs, you smart technical people, come along. Not one showed up, but 50 other 
fellow sellers did. And he became for a while the AA of, uh, for, for salespeople because <laughs> sales kind of lonely, you know, um, yeah. you know, have a lot of responsibility, but you know, you don't have any authority. So, so we all came together and then, uh, three years, you know, slowly we won uh, a few awards that were from the startup community, which then got the attention of the people we intended, uh, coffee closers to be for. So we finally got there, took a couple years, but in the process, we built a massive army uh, I mean, thousands and thousands of, of folks that uh, that listened to the show internationally. And then locally, when we used to do things live, we ended up selling out theaters. And it, and it was beautiful because sales is something that everyone needs to do and no one wants to. And mm-hmm. it's lonely. And even guys that have been doing it as long as I am, I fail all the time. It, we're in the business to know. And so um, Coffee and Closures has been a great, not just a resource from a technical and learning platform, but also a family. You know what I mean? It's a family of yeah. brothers and sisters from all walks of life that just want to know how to do it better. Awesome. Now, we talk a lot, uh, both on the podcast and inside of our private community with Elliot, a CEO, about concepts around marketing and sales. And sales is often one of the biggest things that guys are like, help, yeah. I need help with this. And so that was part of the reason I wanted to bring you on. But one of the things that we talk about is the stages of a relationship, right? In that even in sales and in business, the stages are just the same as they are in interpersonal relationships and in that every every relationship goes through the stages of curiosity, enlightenment, and commitment. And yeah. it sounds to me like where you kind of specialize, what you bring to the table is you're kind of picking up in maybe the tail end of that curiosity stage and helping to pull people through enlightenment into commitment. Is that right? It is. Now, we do, we, I mean, I don't advertise this because we're trying to, you know, riches are in the niches. So conversion to close because, you know, there's great marketers out there like yourself that, you know, that's not our, our forte, but we do help people um, with, with kind of what we call it pocket prospecting, which is just humanized outreach. So that is part of it because conversion to close uh, means you're going to close one or close out. So not every deal is going to close. Not every uh, prospect is the right prospect. And not, yeah. not every prospect would make a great client. So, you know, there's a lot of identification of what that is. And so we, we do start with the pocket. So there is a, a little bit of prospecting, but we, again, um, where we can accelerate revenue growth quickly is if we got a good marketing partner on hand and that helps. But since we do work with so many young companies, we also need to assist them in how to get their pipeline, how to fill their pipeline um, in those early, early, early days when they can't afford a marketing person. So how do you, when you're working with a new entrepreneur that is trying to grasp the concepts of this process, because I think you you touched on an important point there in that for most entrepreneurs, they have this idea that anybody who has money and is willing to spend it is a good prospect. And that's yeah, not the case. So how do you, how do you uh, help them overcome that mindset? and begin to put something into place for them, a framework that helps them determine what is a good prospect versus a bad prospect. Totally. I mean, one of the things, the analogies we always say is, is every loan a good loan? <laughs> you know what I mean? You could, it's 17% on a credit card that you're, you know, bounce and balance. Is that a good, is that good money? It's bad money. It's terrible money. That's not good at all. Just like clients. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's the same kind of thing. It's like not every prospect is a good client for you, maybe for someone else, yeah. but maybe not for you. And so how we start with identifying is I'm too dumb. So I'm going to go, I'm going to be lazy on it. So I'm going to ask them if it's a new company or whatever, I'm going to say, who are people you hang out with? What are they like? You know, what organizations are you a part of? 
when you go to those organizations and you network, who do you gravitate towards? Is it the loud person, the quiet person, the guy who's huddling up to the bar, you know, slamming brews? Like, wh- who is it? What are those people like? Um, to take it a step further, though, generally, and, and, and again, I know that, that your audience is probably unique to this. This is, uh, they're, they're switching careers, but what we try and do is try and find where have you had success before? Now, if you have, mm-hmm. so, so we also deal with kid, college kids too, who are basically, you know, starting their, their careers also into sales or entrepreneurship. And we say, tell me some industry stories. Maybe the folks listening right now have an uncle, have a dad, have a grandpa, have whatever that have had businesses or no businesses or things that they understand, like hobbies and, and things that they just read about because they're interested and passionate about it. Let's start there. Let's build your pocket around those things that you are familiar with. If they have had previous businesses, where have you had success? Who have you had success with? What industries? Where are they located? Where in the, in the world are they located? Right? What, what the titles of the people that you've, that you've worked with? What are they? A CEO? Are they a VP? Are they just owner? Who are they? And then what we do is we kind of build pocket profiles around that. Okay. I'll give you an example. Um, for our broker business, I, because I live in Montana, um, I will cover Montana and uh, part of, of Idaho, right? So when I work on, on that business, guess what I do? I read what's going on in Boise, Idaho today. What's the news? What's the sports? How's the college team doing? How's this? How's that? What's the, ge- what's the political landscape right now? The same for Montana, a little easier because I live here, but you know, to find out what's going on in that community today, right? Then for our business, we have a kind of a niche, you know, I want to know what's going on in that industry today. So I will, um, you know, t- uh, research different I- industry articles and, and things and so on. So when, when I reach out to these people, we're not prospecting, we're not cold calling gross, you know, we're having a conversation <laughs> to say, Hey, I, I, I wish I knew what the boys, I should know the boys football teams. But anyway, you know, uh, Dave ripping weather today. It's 80 degree fall day. What do you think? Right. Are you outside and enjoying this lovely day? Uh, yeah, I walked to work today. Fantastic. Right. Um, and say, listen, we've never connected, but, um, I work with, let's say it's CTOs. I work with CTOs or owners, we'll say owners of brick and mortar, you know, handyman, whatever, you know, I work with folks, uh, we've been doing this for, for a long, long time. And here's what I found with the cap gains going, getting potentially getting jacked up right now. It seems like a good time to take the money and run, right? Are you a type of business that would ever, ever consider that no pressure, you know, and so on and so forth. But did you hear what I did there? I, this is a fact that they're, that the cap gains thing is going on and I could make something up about Montana or Idaho, you know, and in fact, Idaho is blah, 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 blah. Did you hear this legislation? No, I didn't. Yeah. It's kind of spooky. Um, we actually work, we're part, I don't, whatever we've helped uh, companies down the road. You might know Frank, you might know Bill, right? And then, you know, here's what we do, but I, 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 it's not, I don't get permission to tell you what I do until I share something and give t- to you something in, first, which is, I know the problems that you're going through. I help people like you. I know what's going on in your town. I know um, a few things that maybe you don't know about the geopolitical landscape and tax hikes and all these things that are going on, which is why I, I'm calling you today. It's totally opposite, right? Of saying, hey, let's make 40 phone calls and harass people, <laughs> you know, yeah. and try and sling them our yeah. thing, which they aren't familiar with, especially if you're a brand new startup or, you know, I shouldn't say startup. I mean, like any new business. You don't have a track record. The yeah. business doesn't anyway, but you do. And the track record that people, everyone wants to know that you can help them. They don't care about your product or service, right? They're listening. For, all they're listening for is, is me. I'm focusing on me. 
So knowing that, that's the only thing we should be focusing on is servant yeah. selling, you know? Right. The, Does that, the did problem, I answer your question? The, the, I kind of got a little windy there. Yeah, no, that's good. I mean, the, like you said, the problem is the hook. It's always the hook, right? Nobody mm -hmm. cares about the features. Nobody cares about what the actual product or service is. They just want to know, can you, can you solve a problem that I'm currently facing? And, and I love, I love your approach because I feel like the world of marketing and sales in general has become so pitch heavy that people oh. are tired of it. And as soon as they hear a pitch, they just tune it out because they don't want to hear another pitch there. The assumption is almost, unless you can lead with an understanding of me and the problem I'm facing, I, I'm just going to tune your pitch out. And so, yeah. uh, I think that's, that absolutely jives, man. And I think it's a great approach. I love it. And it's, it's just about being real, right? It's about being genuine with people being human, not being salesy, but just having conversations and being real. So if you saw my eyes darting over, I was trying to find something. I, and, and this is not my, I actually got this from a recent training that I was in. What you want to focus on with the prospect, and a great thing to actually say is, I want you to feel heard. I want you to be confident in my, our ability to help you. And throughout this process, I want you to be comfortable. You know, if you can re retain that, remember that when you're, however, if you want to call it prospecting, call it prospecting. You want to call it marketing, selling, whatever. But you want the prospect to feel heard, confident, and be comfortable throughout the process. And that's tends to be now, since I took this training, that's something that, that I always bring up to folks to set the stage right away. Okay. Now, obviously this is after we've had a conversation about me sharing some things they may or may not have known, right? Because it, it, the hook is really, did you know that that's going on? Uh, no. Well, did you know what's going on? Or are you prepared for it? Well, first of all, I'm not prepared for it because I didn't know what was going on. All right. Mm -hmm. Would you like some more information? I can, I'm happy to share. I've actually this is my job. So I, you know, oh, that's not other thing. Now you're not selling fear. You're just selling knowledge mm -hmm. with the hint of fear, but, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're educating them. Oh, but you're, on... agi you're agitating the problem. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Which is so good. Yeah. I mean, fear and greed is what moves the market, right? If anyone's out there trading stocks, fear and greed, that's, that's volatility. And so, you know, people are afraid they're not going to hire you unless their marketing efforts are stinky. Right. People aren't going to hire me if they don't have a product or a company. There's no reason to have a sales process if you don't have those two things, right? So, so they're in need. Either revenue growth is a top priority and you have too much of it, <laughs> or, or, or you could use our help, our help, you and me, right? So yeah. whatever you're out there, if, if it's a handyman company you're starting, if it's a plumbing company you're starting, if it's an e-com company you're starting, always begin at the end, right? Like, this is what people in your position are going through. How do I know that? It's because we've helped hundreds just like you. And I tell you, it doesn't get any better without help. It's like trying to lose weight by, by living the same old day, day in and day out, right? You, 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 need, you need to seek help. Here's why people consider us for said help. Bah, 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 right? Yeah. You, you, you get there after you've educated them, then said your statement, kind of your power cord, if you will. And then, then you, if we, once we engage, you want them to be heard, right? Confident and comfortable. Yeah. What is a funnel? You've probably heard the term funnel thrown around a lot as it relates to marketing for your business. With catchy phrases like, you're just one funnel away from making millions of dollars, the concept of a funnel can be rather elusive. A funnel is much more than just a series of high-pressure sales pages 
with upsells, cross-sells, and downsells. That is only one element of a funnel. A funnel is not a piece of software either. A funnel is a roadmap to conversion. It's a way of walking a prospective customer through the stages of curiosity, enlightenment, and commitment to progress the relationship at a speed that feels natural. Every funnel has five critical components that come together to drive sales for your business. They are a one-liner, a website, a lead generator, a sales campaign, and a nurture campaign. When all of these pieces come together, you will have a funnel that takes curious prospects and turns them into paying customers. Do you want to learn more about funnels? Right now, we are going through a multi-part workshop series inside the LEO to CEO community called Funnel Ops. We are covering everything you need to know to execute a successful funnel and recording those sessions so that you can access them later on demand. If that sounds like the type of training you need, come join us inside the LEO to CEO community at leotoceo.com. You um, you also talk about this concept of uh, that you call real value impact. Can you tell tell us a little bit more? What what is that about? Why is it important from a sales perspective? So, when it comes to selling, which is what this conversation is about, real value impact is is I don't want to say return on investment. No, it, it, it's a it's a flavor of that, but really it is putting together a. a packaged, I hate to say pitch too, but a description, right, of said help that you're going to bring, whatever, whether it's a widget or a service or whatever it is. That happens after we've discovered, after we've qualified, after we've really got to the root of the pain and the challenge. So we present value. It speaks to them personally. This isn't some website where you have three different, you know, gold, silver, bronze price packages. This is you said you were struggling with this. You said it's been costing you this, give or take. You said it stifled your growth. Here's my value that I, that we can bring to you. And the impact is because the two pair together. These are their worries, their thoughts that they told you. And guess what? You were listening to me after all. That's always nice when the seller shuts up and uses these two things instead of this one thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then Let's you just talk about that too. Yeah. You just reiterate what they told you, and then you just provide the solution that only you can, which is the same solution that you're going to provide someone else, right? Except, well, unless it's professional services. The difference is I'm pairing my features and benefits, which are, that's where the, the value comes, with the impactfulness that I now believe that this person that's, that's explaining this solution to me is speaking truth because they've been listening to me, and it appears that they have my best interests at heart, which we should. If we're, if we're out there in the field selling, we should have their best interests at heart. It's a selfish enough world, you know, be that light, <laughs> serve yeah. them, you know, cause they got to go home to Facebook and hate and TV and all that stuff. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be great if you could be the light of someone's day because you're doing something that people aren't used to anymore. You're, you're, you're serving them. You're putting them first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it there for, for a second, but one of the things that really impacted me from a sales standpoint was, and I really don't even remember where I heard it, but somebody had shared who I considered to be a subject matter expert in the area of sales, uh, had shared that the most impactful thing you can do 
on your sales calls is not to sit there and, and, and just try to charge through every single thing that you want to touch on, but it's actually to sit there and shut up and just listen. And that you never, when you're on a sales call, you never stop the person when they're in the middle of talking. You always let them continue speaking and you listen and it doesn't matter the, the time frame or anything. So I, do you want to speak to that about the the balance between talking and listening as it relates to sales? Totally. I'm going to rip an old Sandler kind of analogy or whatever. When you go to a doctor, so in my opinion, the best salespeople on earth are, the, are doctors, right? Because of this, when you go to a doctor, the doctor, you don't walk in and go, <clears throat> man, I cough. Doctor just doesn't go, you have a cough? Perfect. I have a cast. I have the nicest cast ever. They come in all colors and all sizes <laughs> and all these things. And how many did you want? Like what? I, I, I don't have a foot or leg problem. I have a cough. I have a cough. Uh, you know, well, maybe I'm going to some, I'm going to go to some other doctor. That's right. You, you would do that. That's ridiculous. Yet that's what people do. Doctors come in and they go, Hey, you, it's, I can hear your cough. Tell me how long have you had it? How long has it been a problem? How, uh, what kind of pain and su suffering is it causing you? Are, are you missing work because of that cough? What have you done to remedy that cough? Uh, but you know what I mean? So on and so forth. And then by the end, they prescribe a solution. They don't start with the solution and then negotiate the price of said solution down so much that they're almost at break even just so they can get you to say yes to them. But that's what people do with, in the sales field. It's ridiculous. Think about it. Next time you go to a doctor, just sit there and, and watch what they do. You know, it's as easy as that. And, and that's why selling isn't scary to me. It isn't because I've been doing this forever, which I have since I was like 18, because people could listen and go, oh, sure, sure. You've been doing this forever. Well, sure. Am I better at it than you? Maybe today, but not for long now that you know this, because you're going to go out there and you're, and you're going to prescribe. You're not going to sell. You're going to prescribe. You're going to listen. You know, tell me about if it's marketing. Listen, man, or it's, it's our audience. You know, sir, you, you, you thank you for your service. You were in the, you know, you protect a lot of people. You know what I mean? Now, now it's time for the next chapter of your life. That's exciting. What problem are you going to solve? Oh, I want to start a marketing company, right? Why? Well, my uncle did it or my whatever. I don't know. The reason of why you want to do it, right? I mean, and you should have a reason, to be honest. Don't do it because it's cool. You know, maybe it's a handyman service. Maybe it's, I'm going to go be a bricklayer. Maybe I'm going to go build houses. I don't know. You know, well, wh why do you want to build houses? All because I love working with my hands. And for all these years, I was sitting in the, in the car or chasing down, you know, being a hero, like, <laughs> you know, so I never got a chance to use my hands and now I want to, and there's a big shortage of homes that are affordable in said community. And I have a passion and a mission to go uh, make homes that people can afford or whatever. Right. And, and, and you say, okay. And then say, anyway, um, we're tell me about, you know, your home situation. Are you renting? Are you looking to buy, you know, Oh, I can't afford, can't afford anything. It's too expensive. Okay. Why do you feel that that is? Uh, well, cause I have a gambling addiction or, you know, I have a lot of credit card debt or whatever. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so you're writing these things down. And then by the end, when you prescribe, you say a couple things right now, there's a chance that you probably couldn't get a bank loan and couldn't qualify. And there's a chance you could, I'm not a banker, but I have three people that I can put you in touch with that are friends of mine. And they'll, they'll give you a straight answer. You said something about credit card debt. You know, um, I've got a couple of friends that are financial advisors and, or whatever, right. Some, some people that might be able to help you out there. Why don't we start there? And then I'm going to keep you in the loop on some of the developments that we're making because because the home thing that I'm working on right now isn't done anyway. So we might have a lot of time to get you prepared so that when that when when they hit the market, that you'll be my first call and you might be in a position where 
you might want to pick pick one of these up. I'd love I'd, I'd love to work with you on that. Sorry, that was a lousy prescribed, but you get what I'm saying. Like we are finding out what's going on in their life. We're finding out what where their pains and challenges are. We're offering solutions that some we will charge for, and some just out of the goodness of our heart. Because at the end of the day, if they can't get financing, they can't buy from us anyway. So, <laughs> so there's a little self-serving purpose, but at the same time, it's, it's fact. You didn't create, we didn't create the banking industry. So, you know, we can help them out. That will then hopefully get them into one of our homes that will then, they will pay us money for and rinse, repeat. And we do that all day long. And that's not selling. That doesn't sound icky to me, does it to you? Right. No, not at all. I mean, the, the idea, like you said, is just identifying what is the problem. What is the problem that needs to be solved in that moment and, and meeting that where it stands, you know, that's, I, I always lead, I lead every new prospect call in that way. And even those of my clients that I, I coach with every month, every call we get on, I say, okay, what's the biggest problem right now? You know, where do we, where do we start? You know, let's, let's prescribe a solution to that problem. And, and it's so, it's so powerful, I think for a couple of reasons, uh, obviously that's the low hanging fruit. First of all, but it's the most prominent thing on their mind that they're struggling with that they have the most angst to find a solution for. But it also creates that immediate empathy because you you are demonstrating that you care about the problem that they're solving. And if you don't have the solution to that problem, then okay, well, let me send you on a path somewhere else to find a solution to that problem, and that's okay. I believe you have to be um, prepared for. Uh, as an entrepreneur, you want to both repel and attract. And everybody's always focused on the attract part. Like I want to attract as many possible clients and customers as I can. And it's all about getting, casting the biggest net and getting as much business as possible. And I really, I think you want to be divisive in that sense that you want to repel people that uh, don't have the problem that you can solve or just aren't a good fit. Like you talked about at the very beginning of this episode, because you don't really want to work with them and they wouldn't be a good fit or vice versa. Right. I think that's important to repel just as much as you attract. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I'm completely with you. <laughs> Considering our audience, right. And where they're at right now, uh, many of them are either uh, already post law enforcement and are growing an existing business or they're, they're still in law enforcement and they're, they're considering the option of either, uh, leaving their law enforcement career and starting a business, whether that's now in the immediate future or five years down the road when they're ready to actually retire. And so I wonder what, what could you offer as advice that might help them in preparation to become an entrepreneur, as you put it. And I love this, this phrase from you that it's the word entrepreneur is just the fancy French word for salesperson. So how can you, what, what advice do you have? to help them prepare for that, that transition? Well, I will tell you this. Now, I cannot speak as a law enforcement specialist because I never was one. However, as you right. know, um, we've got, uh, my uncle was a lieutenant uh, in the police force in Minnesota. Uh, one of our dear family friends is a sheriff who worked his way up. Another cousin, our uncle, he's a cousin uncle. I, we cut it before this. <laughs> I, I don't know what, we big Italian family, right? What can I say? Um, he was in the, in the in the police force. I got friends in the police force. Anyway, so I have a lot of respect for these guys. And I will tell you from their stories, don't be afraid to just start, to just start up. Because what you guys dealt with for all those years, th this will be a cakewalk. But mentally, people get 
scared. I mean, you are in physical danger in some cases, right? There is no physical danger in entrepreneurship. You might lose a few bucks and you might fail. That's a fact. But what I always, what I, okay, this is my person. We've, we've launched four or five companies, half and half professional service companies and half and half product companies. Okay. Depending on your financial situation, it is a lot easier. It's like out here, we, I live right by the mountain. Uh, it's easy to get up on skis. It's hard to get good at skiing. It's, it's hard to get up on a snowboard, but it's quite easy once you get the pendulum swing down, right? So do something that comes natural and easy at your first bat. Maybe you are a football coach. You know, maybe a coaching business would be for you. Maybe you were, you know, maybe ex-military, maybe, maybe martial arts. You know what I mean? Start a business based on something that you're already good at. Okay. There's a book that people should read called the E-myth, the entrepreneur myth. And it goes through all the stuff of what people think it's going to be like to launch a company and what the reality is. There are three options, right? Uh, and being a business broker my, myself, I can say this. Sometimes it makes sense to buy a business versus build it, right? If you're more operational, you're really organized, uh, systems, processes are your thing. There's a ton of, there's groups like ours, there's Flippa, there's a ton of places to go to find businesses that exist, okay? If you're a creative and you've always wanted to flap those creative wings, right? There are so many resources out there, free resources for you to get into like Canva and all these different things where you can make logos and you can, you can have the, do the fun part. That's what I love. I love helping people get acquired, but I love launching companies. I'm terrible at running the companies, which is why I have a business partner. I've always had business partners from the operational standpoint because I'm terrible at it. Those are things to consider too. Maybe you're very creative. And, and you're thinking, man, I'm really passionate about marketing. I'm really passionate about, uh, I, you know, whatever it may be. I, I'm very handy, right? I happen to be creative. So I'm really good. Like with, so I'm going to go into paint, be a painter, or I'm going to go be a cabinet maker. I'm going to go do these things that I can really flex my creative, uh, muscles. You know what I mean? But I have no idea how to, how to order, you know, supply chain and getting materials and so on. Um, that might be something that you want to seek help with. What I would say is get started. And the way you get started is by doing something you, that you're comfortable doing, that you you consider yourself to be an expert in, um, or others have verified that you're an expert in, so that you don't have to worry about that part. The next part that you want to focus on is what are my skills and what are my weaknesses, right? What am I great at and what am I not so great at? There's a book also called Essentialism, Essentialism, which is a great great one. But um, one of the rules is if it takes you longer than, I don't know if it's three minutes or 30 seconds, I don't remember. It takes you longer than 30 seconds or three minutes to do a task, depending on, right? Hire someone else to do it. Now, hiring, I'm terrible at hiring. So we have no full-time employees. We've only had one in the whole history of all the businesses that we've had because I don't know how to manage people. <laughs> I'm just too selfish. I don't know how to, you know, I don't know how to <laughs> listen and care. That's fine, you know, because the other guys on the team are good at hiring people. They are good at, at, at managing people. They are good at, at setting expectations. But I would say right off the bat, and I'm telling you stuff after doing this for 10 years, I have made more mistakes <laughs> than most people have in a lifetime in the last 10 years. So I've learned a lot of stuff. But the one thing I can say is focus on stay in your lane. Do not veer out because it will make you tired. It'll make you unsuccessful. It will make you quit, right? Focus on the things you're good at and focus on launching a business that you're interested in and, and hopefully... It's a, it's a business that maybe you're halfway in the learning curve or maybe right at the beginning of the learning curve that you can really explore and, and learn because that's, that's part of the fun too. 
of running your own business is learning something new every day. And then the last mm-hmm. bits would be putting together, you know, your target, who's your, who's your target market. And that target market should really be, here's people unequivocally that I can help because I've, because I've already helped someone like them, maybe for free or coaching or helping out around your neighborhood um, or whatever, right? Something that you, people you, that you, that you get and people that you want to work with and that you also understand their pains and challenges. And then you put together kind of that communication process we talked about earlier. So when you reach out to somebody, you're, you're, you're reaching out as a, as a doctor or a consultant, not as a seller. You're, you're giving them something that bends their ear so that you can provide a solve and a solution to that. That's it. Other than doing, most people sit around and they'll mind chart or whatever, vision board or whatever people call it, you know, like all these <laughs> ideas and then they yeah, don't do it. their gears. Yeah. Yeah. Take, you got to take action. Yeah. The easiest way awesome. to take action, the easy, easiest way to take action though, is, is to be familiar with the action that you are taking. Like if someone said, Hey, Michael, I want you to start an architecture firm. <laughs> what? I can barely even write my name legibly. Like I, I can't design buildings. Like, like no one would do that. Right. But yet people go into businesses because, Oh, I heard this one makes a lot of money. Don't do that. Yeah. F- yeah. Find something that, that you're good at and you can do well and people need, and you'll make all the money. And then you can go, invest in you can you know what i mean then you have enough revenue to go fail at whatever (laughs) interest that you didn't have any skill set in you didn't belong in. you know yeah awesome well thanks for coming on the show uh do you have anything you want to you want to plug anything on your way out uh let everybody know how to contact you or to find you yeah easiest way to contact me is linkedin it's mikeli m-i-c-k-e-l-i last name is bedor B is in boy, E-D-O-R-E. Um, and we do, uh, yeah, uh, go subscribe to our newsletter. Uh, jump on our, we do a monthly Coffee and Closers um, episode. Uh, this next one was recorded live during Startup Week uh, back in the Twin Cities where, where we still have uh, one of our offices. And um, um, it's, it, it's really fantastic. And it's Startup Week. So we actually are going through sales process and so on with two founders who are stalled. So it might be a good one to to, to listen to. Other than that, yeah, LinkedIn or or uh, yeah, DM me there. I'd I'd love to connect in any way that I can help you guys out. Because like I said, I have a lot a lot of respect for you, and I love entrepreneurs. It's the best job in the world, and uh, I'm really excited for you at, at this moment to to jump into this world. Tax code is built for the pioneer, so you're going to enjoy a lot of not just yes. hopefully freedom, wealth, but also um, benefits for doing what you do. Yeah. All right. Well, as always, we'll drop all of the links to everything here and you know ways you can connect with Mikolai, uh, as well as the books he mentioned. I'll drop all those in the show notes so you guys can find them easy. You can just go to leotoceo.com and you can click on the podcast link and find the episode and we'll go ahead and get all the notes in there. So thanks again, Mikolai, for being on the show. Awesome information. Absolutely. Thanks, Adam. My pleasure. Hey, thanks for sticking around till the end of the show. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider leaving a review at leo2ceo.com forward slash podcast dash review or in your preferred podcast listening app. I would love to hear your feedback and it will also help other copreneurs like yourself find the show.
Be sure to check out the show notes for this episode. Just go to leo2ceo.com, click on podcast and search this episode number, and you'll find all the links, descriptions, and resources we talked about. And if you haven't already, make sure you subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode is live. Thanks again for tuning in, and I'll catch you guys on the next episode. 